Pajamas festive thing. You look great. Thank you. <laughs> oh my I gosh. Love these antlers so much. I actually forgot I had them. I bought them last year. I have a different pair of antlers that I usually wear. And then these came out of the box this year. And I was like, yes, I forgot. Sequin. <laughs> For those of oh, you who it. are listening, I'm wearing some very gorgeous, stunning red and gold sequin antlers with like little holly or yeah, little holly berries and stuff. They're really sweet. And I also have a <laughs> bright red metallic Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> That's fantastic. I've done my yeah. best. I have uh, eagle-eyed viewers will see that I've got little very faint baubles uh, scattered around my office. And uh, Miss Thing, my uh, my usually naked mannequin <laughs> dress form, she has a, a festive red skirt on today. <laughs> it's the best I can do. I'm the non-festive one, you see. <laughs> yes. We're doing yes. another Christmas movie. We're still feeling festive. We're still feeling kind of the holiday season. Yeah, we took a poll for this one, didn't we? We did. It was uh, the the choices were either Home Alone or Elf, and Elf was the clear winner. Although when we announced the winner, there was some some sadness. There was some sadness from the Home Alone ones. Yeah, our Home Alone oh voters were a little oh, disappointed. No. So <laughs> we may have to do that for next year. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll yeah. make sure I won't watch it. <laughs> so we are watching Elf from 2003. But um, first, we're the Belladonna Watch Club. Come get cozy yeah. with us while we dig into iconic shows and movies that one of us has never seen before. Jenny has not seen Elf. I have so many times. I actually <laughs> am very surprised how much I love this because I think you can identify with this but I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan and it took me many years to actually watch it and it's not like The Grinch when it came out really? and I watched it right away I was not interested in it because this was I think around the same time as the very Will Ferrell style movies were coming out and mm -hmm. he just rubbed me the wrong way it's not my kind of comedy at all like Anchorman and stuff is just not my vibe but this is a really sweet and heartwarming movie <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I can be really, I don't like to say that I'm a snob when it comes to comedy, but there's some, I think comedy more so than any other genre. If it's not to your taste, it can be really, really aggressive and awful and really unenjoyable. But I feel like this one here really, it covered a lot of bases. It covered a lot of different styles um, of, of comedy. And I think think there's something for everybody in this one there's like there's you know there's enough of your like saturday night live thing going on as well as so much else but that's to be discussed yeah so overall overall give us the the rundown yeah the rundown well i i think i was expecting that it was going to be just like cheerful hey it's silly ah you know from the get-go Silly, silly chaos. But I really, I really liked that it, I don't know, it felt real. There was a, there was a, a lot of yeah. realisticness about it. And I think I liked how grounded it was. It, it wasn't trying to be like magical and enchanted. It was, um, it was a real kind of magic somehow. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I could watch it like year after year, but I am happy to say that I have seen it now. And and I did laugh out loud 
several times. So, uh, so overall, yeah, a positive experience. I agree with you that it does have a certain element of reality to it because it it feels like it could be possible. In yeah, but it's like obviously very outlandish at the same time. But mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's Buddy the Elf going around New York City like there are real people around having their daily lives and doing real stuff, and then this guy shows mm-hmm. up and everybody's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> who is this and so buddy is the one that brings the like magic into everybody else's just like ho-hum daily grind yeah yeah and I, th- I think i appreciated how much it actually stuck to this ho-hum daily grind um because i felt seen and i, I felt like it wasn't trying to pull the wool over my eyes or you know or make out new york city to be this wonderful festive land that you see in so many <laughs> so many christmas and yeah. festive movies but yeah yeah like it actually you know it shows a little bit of grit which is yeah. more like new york city than it's depicted in so many shows and movies like they make new york city seem nothing but glam i mean i've never been there i know you have i have i need to go again as an adult and have a much better experience because <laughs> That's going to be for a whole other video, I'm okay. sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a, a a trip with a high school group. Um, so I was like 15 to New York City. And it was very much a like follow around the group. And um, and I already felt out of place. And we had to just follow the itinerary. And it wasn't really my jam. And I had a really not great time. But oh. yeah, I'm sure I'll tell you about that sometime. <laughs> Stay no. tuned for our I'll New York edition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We'll film an episode there. One day we're going to have like a Patreon. So if you want to donate to our Patreon so that Jenny and I can go to New York City, we're fine with that. Yeah. What a great idea. (laughs) Watch this face. (laughs) Right. Talk us through this film. Opening scenes. We get Papa Elf. He's just like a, he's telling the story. He's not like embellishing. There's no, you know, he's just there. He's telling us about elf life, elves and how elves get three jobs. There are three jobs that an elf can have. You could either be a cobbler. You could be an elf that makes cookies in a tree, which I believe is a reference to like Keebler elves. Like there's something about like cookies and some, yeah, there's some sort of reference in there. Baking in a tree is dangerous and they always catch fire. And so that's a very hazardous job. And the big show for the elves is working up at the North Pole and Santa's workshop And so they are kind of doing this like flashback to this one Christmas Eve where Santa goes to an orphanage and he's eating these cookies. And then a little baby buddy somehow gets out of a crib. Like these crib has metal bars and you hear them go like shrink like there. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. I have had two babies. That baby's not getting out of that crib. And so there's a little bit of movie magic happening there. I gotta say that Santa in this scene, they make him out a bit menacing the get, entire like, movie that's in my notes boots. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then he like takes a bite of the cookie and like turns around like mm, who's that what? yeah like man that's yeah. mean i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it was just me but did that orphanage remind you of madeline yeah. it was just like so prim and clean and festive looking it was. and i'm like it was just like a really sweet nice place I'm like I, that looks zen i want to go sleep there <laughs> And that that nun was just the gentlest, kindest. Oh, one right? day someone will come to take you away. Oh, how sweet! So 
little baby buddy ends up in Santa's sack because there was a teddy bear there that he just desperately needed to have. He ends up back at the North Pole and they were celebrating a job well done, these elves. And then again, kind of scary Santa sees the the bag moving and out comes Buddy, little baby Buddy. Instead of sending him back to the orphanage and like (laughs) calming the nerves of these poor sweet nuns who've lost a baby. (laughs) (laughs) they decide to keep him and papa elf adopts him because he didn't have a chance to settle down and start a family because he was too focused on his career as an elf like you do (laughs) so they name him buddy because his diaper says little buddy diapers on it and it's that's like really sweet cloth diapers with the big pins and like and so buddy grows up in the north pole he's a human Mm -hmm. in an elf's world and so there's all these different scenes about Buddy growing up and like learning how to be an elf. He's at school with all the little elf children and learning, you know, the rules of elf life. <laughs> I've got to and- say, the effects in this film were really amazing. First of all, the set design is beautiful. It feels so storybook-like. The set mm-hmm. looks very storybook-like. But mm-hmm. it makes the characters and all the elves really stand out from it. So obviously this is the North Pole set. But also, like, so Will Ferrell being as six foot whatever as he is, he looks enormous. And in this set where everyone else is like elf size, much smaller size. Yeah. But the effects are seamless. Like, he actually looks like a giant compared to all these people. I don't know how they did that. It looks... Forced perspective. Ah. So it wasn't even like CGI or effects. Like, they actually use, like, it's just people being in certain positions in the in the set amazing so just like uh just like we were saying on uh on the grinch film these practical effects when you can put that in place and use that in place of 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 digital effects just Mm -hmm. brilliant really 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 effective use and him just like creeping around (laughs) creeping around yeah and him like in the bathtub trying to wash and like the bathtubs are tiny and the beds are tiny and buddy still isn't realizing that something's off he's just like a really big elf like (laughs) the only being the same size as santa and santa's human this is what i was wondering yeah this occurred to me much later on in the film is like santa's average human size was santa a human I don't know. I don't think I've ever really thought about Santa species because he lives forever, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? Although in movies like the Santa Claus, they get replaced. Have you seen the Santa Claus with Tim Allen? I have. Yes. Okay. Yes. We don't yes. need to cover another one. <laughs> the rest of the rest of this. I month was about is just to like shut this down. Films. We're going. We're changing. We're shifting <laughs> gears. The Santa Claus. Um, but yeah, they occasionally get replaced. They are mortal, yeah. according to that movie. So mm. I don't really Santa know. lore. We want your Santa lore. Please leave us a Ooh. comment or something. Send us an email. <gasps> what is your Santa lore? Mm. Maybe it's time for me to have a career change. <gasps> an effort in like Christmas, like Santa lore. I could do that. Except that involves a lot of research, and I have ADHD. And have really hard time with research. I'm really good at like skimming the surface of everything, but a deep, deep, deep dive is hard for me to. Well, you can take your time. Or medication. Hey, (laughs) maybe one day. Take your meds, everybody. Everybody recommended. Yes. All right. So all of the different elves have their tasks that they do at the North Pole, and poor Buddy can't really keep up. 
he's making these etch-a-sketches and he makes 85 etch-a-sketches, which what is that like in a day? That's a lot. Yeah. I think like, it's how many he made that morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's so many. And he's like <laughs> 900 and something behind the count. Like, oh, buddy. He's all upset and he's like, well, everybody else seems to have the same talents. It seems like everyone else has the same talents except for me. Wow, what a feeling. Oh, God, what a right. relatable feeling. <laughs> I was yeah. not expecting instant relatability of like feeling my place in life and my failure and my career and my skills and questioning my myself and my my talents so early on in this film. <laughs> right. And they immediately kind of rally him. They start telling him all the things that he can do that they can't. They're like, you change the batteries and smoke detector. And in six months, <laughs> you're going to have to do it again. Like, <laughs> I love that so much. They're just like, this is important stuff. Good for you, buddy. He ends up helping Papa Elf with the sleigh. So that's something right. that he's able to do. So Papa Elf, I guess his job is to make sure that the sleigh functions. And we we learn that Christmas spirit is in short supply because fewer mm. and fewer people believe in Christmas. And we get this little gem of a moment. His buddy's like, I don't understand. Like, people aren't believing in Santa anymore. As silly as it sounds, a lot of people down south don't believe in Santa Claus. What? Who do they think puts all their toys under the tree? Well, there's a rumor floating around that uh, that the parents do it. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, parents couldn't do that all in one night. What about Santa's cookies? I suppose parents eat them too. Yeah, I know, I, I know. And every year, less and less people believe in Santa Claus. I mean, we have a real energy crisis on our hands. Oh. Papa Elf, I believe, becomes the narrator for the rest of the film. And something about his tone, it instantly sort of makes it less magical, but more enjoyable somehow, that he's very, like, matter-of-fact. And he just, yeah. it's, it just sort of sounds like you went over to your friend's place and their dad is telling you about, um, oh, yeah, so a uh, buddy who lives down the road there, and, well, let me tell you how all this came about. It's very, it's very dad. It's flat and informal. There's no amusement. Yeah. No. It just feels so normal. Feels normal yeah. and like not magical. And someone who is a an established Grinch at Christmas Christmas time, I I get my skin crawls at like too much like festive happy happy holidays magical time. So this was a really nice breath of fresh air <laughs> to be introduced in this way. It of course has plenty of its Christmas magic and its festive magic, but um, I, I feel like it's, it stays very grounded and having yeah. having pa Papa Elf keep this tone is, uh, <laughs> is, well, is the best way. Well, need the contrast to Buddy, right? Because otherwise yes. it's like one note all across, right? So they went like full opposite directions <laughs> with that. <laughs> and so Buddy is at the workshop. He's struggling with all of his stuff. And he gets sent to like test these jack in the boxes and poor buddy. <laughs> Worst job ever. Buddy's trying to like get his his extra work done. And he overhears the two elves talking about how if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, he never will. And then Buddy goes into this like insane flashback spiral. Everything, all the pieces fall into place. Everything starts to click. 
just sort of has this like panic attack. He like, I think he goes into the washroom and freaks out. Yeah, like you said, he's in the like stall and he's huge and it's tiny. And then he talks to Papa Elf and Papa Elf tells him the story about where he came from. And Buddy ends up outside talking to Leon, the snowman. I screamed when I saw this snowman because already I was thinking like, this feels like Rudolph. This feels like that, you know, stop motion Rudolph. And then there he is. It's not Burl Ives. It's in fact, Leon Redbone, the late Leon Redbone, um, who was a uh, singer and sort of kind of not so much vaudeville, but a sort of a cabaret-ish style singer. Um, did very sort of old school croony type and and blues style singing. And I've been listening to quite a bit of him recently. So it was quite a shock when his voice comes up on here. This snowman made my life. I was so excited to see him. We find out that uh, Walter, his dad, was not aware of his birth. His mom gave him up for adoption. Walter had no idea that he was born. Walter is still alive, but... Dun, dun, dun. he's on the naughty list and so that's why <gasps> buddy freaks out and runs outside and we get these like flashbacks of why walter's on the naughty list <laughs> and i have a clip here and this is another one of these movie lines that just is permanently etched to my brain like it is oh, yes. always always there you're trying to make me feel bad when in actuality you're the one that missed the payments but the children love the books I know that, uh, you know, I'm the one that ran the focus groups, but I like hearing that. <laughs> That's always yes. in my head. But oh, dear. I love the books. <laughs> it just is like <laughs> royal old nun. <laughs> uh, so Walter's on the naughty list. Buddy freaks out, goes outside, talks to Leon because he's also made the decision to go to New York City. He's going to find his dad. Mm-hmm. He's so sweet and so naive. And not ready for the real world man he he grew up at the north pole he grew up with elves he is vastly unprepared and so santa tries to to give him some advice and so Uh santa tells buddy if you see gum on the street leave it there it's not free candy there are like 30 raised pizzas they all claim to be the original but the real one is on 11th and if you see a sign that says peep show that doesn't mean they're letting you look at presents before christmas it's a good start but i don't think it's enough information not quite (laughs) so buddy's ready to make his departure to new york city and then he is you know traipsing through the snow and he sees all these little dot motion animation like animals and they're like bye buddy good luck buddy bye Mm -hmm. and this one here this is another clip where this line comes up in my life way more often than it it needs to (laughs) even i have heard this i hear it multiple times a year and i've never seen this movie before but this is i knew where it came from and i was so pleased to see it here we go bye buddy hope you find your dad thanks mr narwhal bye buddy hope you find your dad (laughs) i made a video at my parents cottage this summer and we're gonna play it bye buddy i hope you find your dad I spent so long trying to like recreate this little scene because it's like I had this little boat cup thing and put a frog in it and I just like sent it off into the water like bye buddy hope you find your dad (laughs) (laughs) I did it so many times to get it right and my daughter she was like three she's like what are you 
doing? Love the movie. <laughs> and now, every now and again, she'll just, she, having never seen Elf, she'll out of the blue just be like, bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. And we've actually used it. She has these problems with, um, not problems, but like she's three. So when somebody runs away from her, you know, to like go play somewhere else, she just wants to keep them there. And so she'll grab them, but she's accidentally like, grabbing them around the neck like she's just like hucking them <laughs> and so working with the daycare um to find other ways and so we're like you could tap them on the shoulder or you could just let them go they don't need to stay if they want to go they can go and so if somebody walks away you could just be like bye buddy hope you find your dad <laughs> modern parenting everyone i love right? it so buddy makes his way to new york city has some encounters with the some differences right away so he tries to befriend some raccoons if i'm not mistaken the picture that they show of buddy's dad is like a real picture of james can and either his wife james con oh. you pronounce it james con james can two a's in the middle con uh, con <laughs> and then we see him in the lincoln tunnel like <laughs> like pressed up against the side of the wall like trying to get through terrifying and now we have Buddy the Elf exploring New York City. First thing is, like, he sees all the gum. And he's like, I don't know if it's the first thing, but it's the one that sticks out for me is the first thing. Where he's like, hmm? 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 And then he just, like, he eats all of this, like, chewed up subway rail gum. And so Having gross. been told and warned by Santa himself, right? a little like, mischief buddy, maker. I'll do it. <laughs> And yeah, he walks by the coffee shop that has like the neon sign, like the world's best cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And he steps in and congratulates <laughs> them. Congratulations! You did it! <laughs> and I honestly, I think that's when I first like laughed out loud. After cheering about the snowman, I laughed out loud here. And I think that's exactly the kind of stand up and like comedy style that I really, really like Um, when it's like, something's just been taken literally because it's not it's not offensive it's not too much of a twist it's just so basic 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 you don't have to think too hard about it but it, you've taken it literally and it just makes it ridiculous taking something basic making it ridiculous that gets me all the time and so charming and all the staff in the in the, in the cafe are just like Okay. What? Like, they're just trying to get through their day. They're making minimum wage or less because it's a restaurant. And they're yeah. just like, New York is so weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I was, all of him, him walking down the street and everything. I think if it was set in any other city, you'd have like heads turning or whatever. But there are very few heads turning, really, when he's walking down the street because like, it's New York City. If I'm not mistaken, the man who's jogging all in red was just a random guy like he was not oh my gosh it. yeah and so when they saw him they like wanted him in there and so i think if i'm not mistaken he was just a, a dude in new york city and possibly all in red with a nice white beard the men passing out the flyers i believe were also just men passing out flyers <laughs> that they included <laughs> in that as well yeah. he's walking around new york city he's discovering revolving doors ah! <laughs> God, he gives such toddler vibes. It's ridiculous. This is it. Yes. And to be on, I'm glad you brought that up and mentioned it that way because a, another one of my spinsterly old lady type qualities is that I 
uh, have very, very, very limited um, patience for small children, children in general and small children. I uh, have no intention of having my own or raising my own. I, I'm fine when I'm with them, but in doses. And I think the times when Buddy and just like the performance really didn't hit for me or it was just too much for me was when it was really, really playing up the toddler, totally unsocialized, totally just devoid of, of, of any kind of sense of public space or personal space, just a bit too childish. And it wasn't funny. It was annoying. We're going to jump into a clip a little further ahead because I, I got this clip exactly for that reason, because he's just like the worst kind of child in this clip. Mm -hmm. Will you just please sit still, please? Okay, can I listen to your necklace? No, you can't. Can you just sit still? Why is there a skeleton? I don't know. What. Walter, could you please, like could you please have him sit Does still so I can do no, this? No, he hasn't got a name. I'm sorry, I'm man. I'm sorry. Would you please sit still? Please. He got mad at me. Yes, he did. He did. Mm -hmm. uh, the restlessness, uh, the just like total attention grabbing, which yeah. would be fine if it, if the character was already established to be like that if they had attention issues and and sitting still issues and and whatever but he isn't always like that his character isn't fair. always quite yeah. like that it seems like in this case in this scene they were just using that to bring the humor and i feel like for me it didn't work fine there so like obviously there are there are children with attention disorders and you know problems sitting still and they get distracted like that's normal and I can fully respect when that's happening. It can be irritating, but you know, it's just what some, some children are like. So some adults are like, it was just played up just for that scene. It's a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. And so, yeah, so he gets the empire state building finally after his mm -hmm. gallivanting through New York city and almost, Oh, he does get hit by a cab. Yep. I yeah. like the moments where like, they, uh, as far as as far as comedy goes, where they actually do go for the bit and the moment, because you like you're watching this and you're thinking like, oh, he's just gonna like swerve and dodge it. And they they find little opportunities to sort of guide you along and and then just like one up your expectations. And I think that's very very clever, very funny. Yep, and I think you know, bodies from the North Pole. There are several countries that have their version of a North Pole or whatever. Um, but I think the official North Pole is in Canada. So yeah, Buddy yeah. gets hit by this cab and then apologizes. Yes. <laughs> it also explains why he has his infinity for like maple syrup. How he's like, such yeah, he's very Canadian. Santa's address has a North American, in fact, a Canadian postal code. H-O-H-O-H-O. -O -O. Is it the same? Uh, or does every country's post office have a version? This of is it? what I want to know. Yeah. Wherever you live in the world, if you are writing to Santa, where do you send it? I want to know. I really want to know. Uh, so he gets to the Empire State Building and this scene with Deborah, the receptionist. It's one of my absolute favorite things because it's so underplayed. Like it's such a calm, quiet, like almost, you gotta almost miss it if you're not paying close attention. I've never declawed kittens before. How many? Eight? I don't know if I'm going to have time. Well, all right, just bring them by the camp this week and I'll see what I can do. Just Deborah has a declawing cat service in her Of camper. course she does. <laughs> like, eight she kittens? Was just, 
This is more of the like grounded in reality kinda. You know, it's 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 so not magical, this movie. Yeah. This whole movie is not magical, and that's what makes it really good. Um yeah. is that I mean, yeah, she's she's probably gotta have a side business. She's just a secretary. She works at the Empire State Building, but she's just a secretary for a publishing company. So like she's gonna have a side gig. But she's not charging because of the sweetness of her like just in that tiny must bit, be like her sister or something, who's like, I just something. had all these kittens, you know. But just, just that tiny bit, we we yeah. learn so much about her. We see this in Gilmore Girls all the time, where we learn so much about a character, and and it just sort of it fills the world so much more. Just having little tidbits about the richness of these characters that they've got backstory, they've got what what do they do when we're not seeing them on the screen? It's really really clever and very funny. Yeah, and um, the word that I was looking for for this scene was like subdued because we yeah. we have the sense of expectation of like Buddy showing up. So we're like kind of waiting, right? But then the scene itself, other than him like walking by, it's just like, it's just yeah, it's a very subdued scene of her just being like, oh, and she's trying not to talk too loud because she's talking about declawing cats. Like, <laughs> what? Instruments and training, woman. Because like declawing cats, you're like chopping off the top of their fingers. This is like, <laughs> with what anesthetics, Deborah? What are you doing? <laughs> I am not okay with this storyline. And the camper, does she live there or is it a weekend thing? It's the end of December. No one's going to the camper, Deborah. So oh, they get all confused because there's Buddy the Elf standing in the office and they think he's a Christmas gram. It's like, you look amazing. You're hilarious. And just like sends him in to see Walter. Walter doesn't like register the fact that buddy keeps calling him dad and like hey you didn't know i existed hey dad like i'm here to see you and he's just like can we get this over with and it's like and so he's like are you gonna sing and he's like oh okay i'll sing it's buddy he'll sing like no problem one of the lessons he was taught by santa is what is it the best way to spread christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear there we are And he fully, I mean, he does his absolute best. Bless him. He will stand up to the challenge and he will sing his little big elf heart out and sing on the spot about whatever he damn well can. He basically sings his story. And I don't know if that's when when the the shoe drops. Is that what they call it? that's the saying yep. i don't know yep. if that's when if that's when the shoe drops but um he's like he's clearly not there just to be a singing gram he's he's there with a purpose and um yeah it does not get met with with uh appreciation and no, he gets, guy gets dragged out yeah mm-hmm. so obviously walter is like perturbed he's like i nope uh this sounds too familiar because buddy says susan wells and that's when he's like whoa what did you just say i know that name and that's a lady that i slept with so whoopsie (laughs) buddy back on the streets of new york at the suggestion of one of the security guards who drags him out of the building makes his way over to gimbal's because there he might find the north pole the north pole that's it yes he's looking for the north pole and he gets uh recommended to head on over to gimbal's where they of course have a north pole set up for an an impending impending not impending impending santa visit (laughs) gets through Mm. gimbals and i love the scene of him still just like trying to adjust to life in the city and so she's like blah 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 perfume fruit spray and he's like fruit spray (laughs) like (laughs) tries to get up the escalator 
and like do you remember being really small and trying to learn how to use the escalator for the first time it's terrifying the stairs have I, teeth i bet this is so many people's favorite moment or one of their favorite moments because yeah there are fully grown people grown-up people who've been living and existing in the world with escalator fear yep. and he just does such a brilliant lunge just ends up in a, like a spread stretch. <laughs> a stretch up the up the escalator i think we we've talked about will ferrell's uh comedy a little bit but his sort of drama and or you know straight straight dramatic but um I, I don't know i guess just like authentic playing of authenticity and and sensitivity as well is still really really strong so this mm-hmm. this performance of being un- uncomfortable and a bit lost and and concerned and a bit distressed he's marvelous at it yeah he's really 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 good, really, really good. yeah he's really really sweet and pure so he goes upstairs to the lingerie section and it says for someone special oh and yes like this holding up this like little santa number what do they call them teddy yeah it's either a teddy or a baby doll something like yes that. also both of those are like about children and i don't like that i don't like that we're gonna rename that to just lingerie, lingerie. we're gonna mm-hmm. just strike it from like public record ever like <laughs> That you remember not a baby doll or a teddy, it's canceled. <laughs> then we meet my absolute favorite character of the entire movie, Wanda the manager. His name is Wanda, or he's just wearing a Wanda name tag. But his name tag says that didn't Wanda. occur to me. <laughs> yes, I adore him. I would think, I wonder if he's got Wanda on his name tag. It was probably Wanda who was there as the floor manager. And I feel like he could easily have been one of those who just like jumped in because Wanda actually like conked out and just was like, no, I'm not doing this. And she, you know, buzzed off two weeks before Christmas or whatever. And he's had to come in and totally take over. And they're like, look, we can't even we don't actually have the time to even print you off a name tag here. Here's Wanda. Be her. And, you know, he shoves that on because he is like he's he's a great floor manager. He's working really, really hard, and he's devoted. (laughs) He takes his job very seriously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he mistakes Buddy in Buddy's wonderful costume for one of his staff. This actually reminds me, um, because you mentioned his his costume, that was also inspired by Rudolph, Uh, the Mm -hmm. the little elves in Rudolph. It's the exact same elf uniform, like with the ribbon on the hat and the fuzzy collar and the green like it's exactly the same we'll put a picture we'll put a picture right here anyway (laughs) or they've gone upstairs to the toy section which they've called the north pole and there's this exchange that's like this is the north pole no it isn't yes it is no it isn't where's the snow (laughs) it's the north pole like (laughs) and then we've got this bit oh i love this movie so much why are you smiling i just like to smile smiling's my favorite Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. <laughs> that lady's face. There's this woman. A lady? There's this lady. 
who appears behind. She looks like Liza Minnelli almost. <laughs> this Liza Minnelli looking lady appears behind Buddy and she's got this big uncomfortable grin on just immediately after he yells Santa and she's just like Ew. Santa here? I know him. <laughs> Bless her. She's all like coiffured. She's got this big black fur coat and everything. Bright red lipstick and she is she's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Like, what is happening? Smile and walk away. And I also adore the look on the manager's face right now because he's yeah. just pointing at him like, what is your problem, dude? Like, who that are you? face Where he has had enough. <laughs> like, I am not here for this. I'm not paid enough for this. What is going on? He takes his job so seriously, but he also does not indulge in any of Buddy's stuff, but he also doesn't make the effort to, like, redirect him at all. Like, he just is like, nope, not engaging. Nope. You just, I'm going to walk away. You do you. And he's so serious and just like, I'm, this is not. I don't have time for this. (laughs) So he finds out in this scene that Santa's coming. And Buddy is, like, over the moon. Like, losing his mind, he cannot handle how excited he is. But also, this place is not suitable for Santa. Like, this is not festive enough. This is not the North Pole. We need to up our decoration game. So Buddy goes absolutely chaotic with the paper garlands and the snowflakes and, like, Light Bright and Lego and, like, all sorts of stuff. He just starts decorating and decorating and decorating. He goes into Lisa mode. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, one of my comments about that actually is how long it would genuinely take to do something like that. I was reading that like just the light bright display that they do. There's something with that. It took like two weeks to do. Oh my God. So as much as he is human, he does exhibit like a fair amount of like superhuman elfish quality or some elfish qualities. And so that level of like stamina and energy and being able to do that, like, I was tired looking at him do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. So he does have some elf. 85 etch sketches Nothing to sneeze at. We also meet Jovi. Jovi's up on the, on the ladder putting the decorations on the Christmas tree and just turns on the, you know, the spins in the last little light bulb. And she's, ah, like, angelic glow on this beautiful blonde Zoe Deschanel. She thinks that he's, like, having her on you know like that she's making a joke or he's making a joke on her like at her expense like mm-hmm. telling her that she's doing really great you know putting the decorations up and that it's just nice to meet a human that shares my affinity for elf culture she's just trying to get through christmas and uh as a former retail worker for 15 years of my life um oh i felt i felt it i felt the fatigue and the weight and the drudgery of her position. And this actually reminded me that on like um, these job site things with job postings of like, what's in your area? What might you be good at? As an as a sometimes actress, I get job notifications um, every year for one of Santa's elves. And despite 
not being a fan of Christmas and not being a fan of children and not being a fan of being in public. Every year I think about it. I contemplate it. Oh, could I do it? And I absolutely don't think I could. So, <laughs> but that's what, hmm. that's what Pujovi made me think of uh, straight away. Was you? Uh, <laughs> yes, me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could do it because it's like very brief touch points with different children and they're not here for you. They're there for Santa. And so it, and it's like a really magical thing for them, right? Like, it's not like you're trying to like, you know, you're not a dentist assistant. You're not trying to get them to do something they don't want to do. They're happy to be there. And maybe by the time they get to the front of the line, they're cranky and tired and hungry or whatever. But that they're taking them out. That's, they're taking that out on their mom, not the elf. Not the magical elf who's come all the way from the North Pole. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh, and you just have these comes- sweet little kids be like, Anyway, so while Buddy is decorating the North Pole, we get a cutscene to Walter's apartment. Emily. That's right. Oh, shit. Dad with a family. We didn't know this to start with. So. Oh, that's a good point. I just took it for granted because I know it. Well, we we don't know where we are. So the next scene opens uh, in a, a rather swanky home interior and we we come upon family dinner at the dinner table and it's walter and his family mary steenburgen who i I adore and i was so happy to see her here and a son with a very weird accent he's got a weird accent at the table i think he puts it on but it's weird he puts it on yeah he's trying to he's making fun of his dad because his dad has like kind of a new york accent right and so he's got a lot of stuff to do I'm really busy and I'm really swamped and I gotta go have my dinner in my room. Like, he just, <laughs> like, is making fun of his dad. <laughs> I wrote that down. I, just wanna, I love it. I love Michael so much. Oh, my, I love both of them. They're both incredible. But I really am loving this, like, fresh perspective thing that we just had because I forgot. Like, to me, it's just a given. I've seen it so many times. Walter has a family. And then you're like, what? And no idea. Nope. Surprise family. We get a really solid taste of how Walter is at home. Because it's obviously not the first time that he's bailed on dinner. Emily and Michael are there and they're eating. And may I ask, like, is this a normal spread for people? Because they have, like, the salad and the beautiful bowls. They have their glasses of wine and everything just looks really put together. I'm like, girl, is this not, like, a weeknight? Don't you have work and school the next day? Aren't you just, like, slapping shit on a plate? Like, what is this? Is this what it's like having dinner with older children? Because... (laughs) I'm ready. <laughs> I like that was gorgeous and classy, and you know, it mm. was like, oh, that's really nice. Like right now, our kids are just flipping plates over and screaming. So I'm like, watching this movie after, and I'm reflecting on my life, and I'm like, that looks so good. I think it's only like that if you live in a Christmas movie mm. in New York City. But goals aspirational. Yes. <laughs> Walter excuses himself from the table to go peruse his yearbook where he sees the exact same photo of him and Susan that Buddy got. Walter is very pensive about the whole thing. Okay. This yearbook, by the way, is full of some amazing school photos and like headshots (laughs) as well. (laughs) They must be real. But I just want to know who are these people? Like, where did they find these yearbook photos? Because they're amazing. Maybe that's a real yearbook. (laughs) Maybe the real picture came from the real yearbook. Could be. I'll look it up later. (laughs) So Buddy spends all night getting this Christmas display ready. 
And it's, you know, dawn. It's super, super early in the morning. And he hears some singing coming mm -hmm. from like off in the distance at Kimball's. And did he... someone leave the radio on? What's going on? <gasps> what could it be? It's Jovi having a shower at work. Having first thing a in the shower? Why is there a shower? So, it's just a bit weird, I think, to have a full on shower in like in the staff area of a department store. It's very strange to me. Very strange. So, but she's singing a song. She's singing and it's beautiful. And mm -hmm. she's just doing her thing, having her shower. And we get Buddy slowly adding on to the music. They're singing Baby, It's Cold Outside. And so mm -hmm. he's singing the male parts and she's not hearing it until like the very end of the song where they're both like belting. Loudly harmonizing <laughs> with each other. Yeah. And she's just like, what? What? I like how slowly she does it too. She just like pops her head behind the curtain. Just like, what's going on? She obviously understandably freaks out. I would freak the heck out if there was suddenly a man singing in the change room with me. Like, I guess after all of his decorating, he needs a bit of shut eye. Takes like a nap in the window display of gimbals. And Walter walks by him like, oh my God, what is happening? Like, why is this my life all of a sudden? Why, why is this man... That came to my office yesterday asleep and he's like banging on the window. He reminds me of, you know, like something like he's like a toy in a cellophane box, like mm -hmm. just trying to get to him. Like, Dad, we have Jovi kind of confronting Buddy a little bit later on being like, why were you in the shower with me in the locker room this morning? She seems to take everything that he says like at face value. He's like, it had nothing to do with the fact that I was naked. And he's like, no. I just thought your singing was nice. And I mean, I wouldn't take it at face value. I'd be like, you're lying. I was naked and, you know, you're a pervert. Then Buddy goes and tells her that she has the most beautiful singing voice in the whole world after having heard her singing in the shower. And she asks him what he was doing there so early. So she was there early because her water got shut off. Unclear it's because she can't pay her bills or it's just like a sketchy old New York City building thing happening. Not mm. not sure. But if she's living by herself in New York City and working like a department store job, it's because she cannot pay her bills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he tells Joby that he was building everything, all the decorations and getting ready for Santa. And she's like, you did this? They're kind of pissed about this. And we have the manager coming up like right away after this. And I adore this scene. Have you seen the place? Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. It's a little too good. Corporate must have sent in a professional. I don't know why somebody's gunning for a job, but look, let's remain a team, okay? Because if I go, we all go. If you get wind of anything, call me on my radio. Channel 3, code word is Santa's got a brand new bag, okay? He takes his job so seriously. No one's getting for your job, bro. It's what it's like, man. It's the managers that are in between. It's the assistant managers or like the department managers. It's never like the store manager or the whole floor or something. It's the ones in between. They're the ones who work their asses off and they care so much. And they do like the micromanaging and they like they're they're the ones at seemingly at most risk or something. Something that I love about these, um, about the decorations. So obviously the manager needs to be hopping around and he's just noticing all the decorations. And they, they do a focus on him seeing like the, the detail and just how much work. This is another moment where like they push it to ridiculous. It's sort of like 
they've anticipated us being like cynical watching it. Like, ah ha ha, look, as if you got all of this done in one night. Like me. But they've like they've expected that and anticipated it and they've just like run with it. So we've got like the Mona Lisa etch a sketch. We've got the whole freaking Lego of the Empire State Building, the entire New York City skyline. Like just way over the top, way, way, way over the top. And they've just gone into the land of ridiculous. And I think it's very, very clever. (laughs) So Santa arrives and it's a disaster because we all know the Santa at the mall isn't the real Santa, but he's so excited. And you see this big long line of kids. There's like a huge crowd. They're all waiting there with their parents and they're so happy. Santa's here. And he comes out and this is just like man in a, in a costume, Santa suit and a beard. And, I love the line where it's like, well, if you're Santa, what song did I sing to you on your birthday last year? Hmm? Hmm? And he's like, well, happy birthday, of course. But he's like, shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) I I love how, like, so this is now Buddy being cynical and suspicious. Um, And he's so earnest, you know? He wants to figure it out. He's, you know, he's not innocent naive little like child wonder anymore is he's so he wants to get to the bottom of it (laughs) because it's it's a a deception you're an imposter why (laughs) yeah how dare you impersonate somebody that i know and was expecting Mm -hmm. first he tells him that he smells like beef and cheese (laughs) which (laughs) and then he tells him that he sits on a throne of lies and yeah but he takes the beard off and the classic a huge, Santa reveal. And a huge brawl ensues. Like, Santa full-on attack buddy. And these poor kids will be traumatized for life. <laughs> we don't immediately know what comes of this fight. Because it cuts to Walter receiving a package at his this office. This scene... I think is so clever. So he, yes, he receives this package. It says, to someone special. Label on it, to someone special. And if we've been paying attention, then we've already guessed what this gift is going to be. But the first thing he sees is a card with the photo of Walter and Buddy's mom. The same photograph. That would be heart-stopping. Heart-stopping to see that exact photo right there like oh my gosh your world would be crumbling and then we've already guessed we know we know what it's gonna be in the gift and it is and we get the payoff and sure enough it's the not baby doll not teddy lingerie set just magnificent just (laughs) the way deborah walks in to tell him something he just drops it intercom like (laughs) It's so smooth the way it's just like, nope. Like, it's no scramble, no, like, panic, like, trying to shove it somewhere. Just a perfect, like, disappearing act for this thing. The call comes in. It's the police. They have Buddy. Buddy's been arrested for the brawl with Santa at Gimbel's. And my question to some viewers out there is, is that what a holding cell is really like? Because that was crazy. That is a... (laughs) I don't expect a holding cell to be pleasant, but you've got all these crazy dudes like doing like pull-ups on the pipes and like it was I was scared and Buddy was obviously scared. Is that what holding cells are really like in New York City? Probably not. I think it's just in the movies. <laughs> so. Um and yeah, so he gets one phone call and they call Walter saying, Buddy's been arrested. Can you come pick him up? Um, mm-hmm. but now 
Walter has seen the picture. And so he's like, "Uh uh-oh, he already said Susan. He had the same picture. How would he get that picture? So he brings him to his doctor friend. I'm assuming that they're friends. It must be. He gets seen straight away. Yeah, and he isn't, like, I don't think, like, maybe he is Michael's doctor as well. But it's not, like, the same, like, doctor-patient relationship as you would have, like, with a normal, like, our pediatrician or whatever. So he sees him immediately. He brings him to the doctor. And it's John Favreau, who I mm-hmm. actually really like. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I love that he's the director and that he ends up in the movie as well. I love when they do that. It's, like, hey, it's a little cameo. This is, I think, a suspending, suspending belief, suspending disbelief. Where they just can, like, get paternity results by, like, popping into the back. Like, is that... <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. You probably have to, like, send it out to a lab. It takes a few weeks. There's, like, some microscopes. Like, just I don't gonna know. going to run it through my DNA machine here. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, right? Is it CSI? Do they just have, like, a Gil Grissom in the back, like, <laughs> like making it happen? I don't know. And we already saw in the scene that we played earlier, Buddy is an absolute nightmare at this appointment they find out that ding 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 this is walter's maury moment you are the father (laughs) it's a match and now walter i guess has the moment like because he he and the doctor have a bit of a heart to heart where he's like listen he's reverted back to some state of childhood dependency he needs nurturing and support and bring him home to emily and michael take care of him and he'll probably like even himself out in a little bit like he's going through something so he does Walter brings Walter's home. wife is stoked. She's thrilled oh about God. this. She's like, "Oh, let's, yeah, she's amazing." Yeah, I have it. Like Emily is amazing. Is the note that I wrote down because <laughs> she's like, "This is so great. You have another son. This is this is so cool." Whereas not everybody would feel that way. Like if my husband absolutely was like, yes, not, I have other children. I'd probably need a little bit more time to process, and I don't think I'd be immediately thrilled. Like no. <laughs> Emily is right before they walk in he's like oh by the way he thinks he's an elf and she's like what are you talking about like he cannot possibly think he's an elf like you're exaggerating Walter he's like I only wish I was <laughs> like you can just <laughs> tell that he's like Ugh. and their house looks like Gimbal's like he's gone gone full tilt and so they're eating dinner together they're having again a very poised prim beautiful looking meal of spaghetti and salad and wine and we've got a, a great utensil mobile hanging down in the middle of in the middle of the table with like forks and a spoon and <laughs> buddy um is pre-diabetic basically mm-hmm. <laughs> so much sugar he just eats and eats and eats he drinks an entire two liter of pop and then let's have like the biggest burp ever ever which again there we can anticipate like okay we're gonna have like a a belch joke here but they push it so far it i don't know how long it lasts someone needs to time it i'm sure someone has timed it just how long that belch is those that that is a kind of comedy that i don't like like when they take it too far or something Mm. like that i'm like i'm not well i realized that like this scene and then in the next scene as well when they're having spaghetti for breakfast with candy on top i don't much like food humor food and eating humor just makes me really uncomfortable because i just i can like smell the food and Mm. i can imagine the stickiness and it's just a bit too like textural for me and like too much of my senses get aggravated (laughs) when i see food humor so not for me and so he like 
douses his spaghetti in syrup and he has his like little travel thing of maple syrup like oh just in case he ends up staying and then they put him up on their like pull-out sofa that they have in the living room and buddy wants to be tucked in and then he has like a tickle fight and i'm mortified for like the whole situation because you know just like how uncomfortable walter is and he's like tickling him pulling him onto the bed and ugh, i feel i've i was really uncomfortable in that scene just knowing how like resistant walter is yeah no thank you ugh. and then we wake up the next morning and buddy's made breakfast he got a whole 40 minutes of sleep he slept great <laughs> he made breakfast for emily of spaghetti and maple syrup which she so sweet like obligingly like eats she's just being like maximum mom nurturing mm -hmm. like running with it she's such a sweetheart and then walter comes in he's like i'm just gonna have coffee no thank you you know blah 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 but he gives emily like a ziplock of the spaghetti with maple syrup to like take for her lunch which i just think is so sweet Buddy eats his own breakfast. He like dumps like handfuls of Smarties from the drawer. Where did he get all this candy? And like he crumbles up like the Pop Tarts, which I wanted a Pop Tart so badly after watching mm -hmm. this last night. Table and Pop Tarts. Breakfast is had. Everyone's gone off to work. Walter is like 30 seconds out the door and his cell phone rings. He's afraid of the radiator, which I think is really cute. And he like does <laughs> the little like radiator noises. He's like, no, it's not the radiator. It's this evil box under the window. And it's like. <laughs> Which absolutely, good lord. So we have a hot water tank. We have radiators. So I live, I'm living in England and it's, and it doesn't just like burble to life. It roars and bubbles and ruptures. And it sounds like a volcanic eruption every time it kicks in. And it is terrifying. We have had the plumber. We've got a really hunky, attractive plumber who comes by and like attends to our like water heater and stuff. Is that Scott. the one that I know that? about? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Scott, yeah. I know about um, you. <laughs> and uh, according to him, it's perfectly normal. Everything is fine. But um, I have my doubts and I would like him to come and take a look at our water heater again. The head honcho at the publishing company comes in. And one of the things from the beginning is that Walter approved a book to go out, even though it was missing two pages. So the end of the story is not there. And he's like, oh, who cares? I'm not going to take a $30,000 bath so some kid can find out what happened to a puppy and a pigeon. And he's just like, whatever. They're kids. No one's going to pay attention. He makes a judgment call, a very poor judgment call that gets him into some hot water with his boss because mm -hmm. he... The book is tanking because there's missing pages. And basically, the world is imploding upon him. He has to come up with a new book by Christmas Eve. Because so they need to ship first quarter. I'm coming in on the 24th. You're going to have something ready. When we see Buddy next, he's waiting on the steps in front of Michael's school. And he says he's been there waiting for him for five hours. <laughs> so that's the day. Michael comes out like all cool with his cool little like with the brim and he's got his huge huge coat and he has the snow pants that make him look like because of his coat like makes it look like his legs are like this big <laughs> yeah, he's like such a cool guy why is your coat so big so good news i saw a dog today have you seen a dog and they end up going for a walk through central park or i guess like they're going home they're on their way home and there's this insane snowball fight so they start getting pelted by these like at very minimum teenagers like they looked old mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're like young adults who are like just pelting strangers with snowballs in, in central park buddy again 
this is like his like elf buddy comes up with like dozens of snowballs in like the matter of seconds. See, this snowball fight is so satisfying. When when Buddy meets Michael straight after school, he is back to his insufferable self of just like constant and shouting and insistent. But he shows his skills and his quick thinking as well. And yes, his magical, semi-magical, his elf powers and of manufacturing little snowballs. And, and he proves to be an excellent arsenal. This <laughs> was an excellent supply in the arsenal. I love to see jerks get their comeuppance because yeah, yeah these guys, these kids, kids who were throwing the snowballs, they just get annihilated. Yeah, <laughs> they, get they totally melted creamed. with these snowballs. And it's such a great, like it's shot like an action film. The just yeah. the angles and the speed and the the danger and it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and there's the one that got away, and then Buddy manages to throw it like so far and just gets him square in the back, and you're like, nailed it! Yes, you get the great yes. little comedic sound of. <laughs> yes, and it's really high pitched too. Like it doesn't suit the person at all. That was really good. Now Michael's on board. So then they end up back at Gimbal's and Buddy sees Jovi and Michael sees Buddy looking at Jovi and he's like, do you like her? And then he starts to tell him about it. It's like, well, you have to ask her out. And he's like, what do you mean? I don't know. He's like, to eat. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, there's a like, code that girls have. Like, you need to <laughs> ask her out to eat. So she'll spend time with you. And Buddy's like, if oh, she okay. says, If she says yes, you're in. It's like a secret code. <laughs> Yeah, that's the code. Yes or no. Yes means yes and no means no. Secret special code. Well done, Michael. Jovi comes over and she's like, what are you doing here? Did Gimbal's give you your job back? And he's like, no, no, they gave me a restraining order. And she's like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing here? He's like, well, I wanted to see you again and ask you if you want to eat food. And Michael's like, if it sounds weird, that's on you, lady. I don't know if I would have said yes to a man asking me out on a date after peeping on me in the shower i mean he didn't peep but there was an intrusion i guess she sees something in him that and she says yes she says yes to go out with this like weirdo christmas man who <laughs> just came out of nowhere and is like in is certifiably insane <laughs> yes he's sweet but he's insane so like what kind what are you getting yourself into girl are is the bar that low i Not, mean at least he's at least he's chipper and kind and friendly. Yeah. Yes. That'll do it. So Buddy and Michael end up stealing or like cutting down a tree from Central Park. And Walter is like unimpressed. And Emily is like, oh, whatever. Like they're just having some fun. And then she kind of uses this opportunity to remind Walter that he has not been a great father and not been there mm. for Michael. And then they're trying to decide what to do with Buddy now because he built a rocking chair out of the TV unit. He needs to be supervised. Mm. And I love this part. Emily puts her foot down. She says, I can't stay home tomorrow. I have a budget meeting. The fact that she says no to something that would traditionally fall to a woman, like, oh, well, and he tries it. He's like, well, you have to stay home with him. She's like, mm -mm -mm. this is your problem. You deal with it. You are bringing him to work with you if you cannot stay home with him. Off they go the next morning to the publishing company. Off they go to work. And we have Buddy dressed in his work clothes. And he's all proud. 
and he's meeting everybody in the office and i love the way that he's being so he's being friendly and he's being like quirky in his buddy way but not terribly overtly to everybody like when he meets like francisco he goes oh francisco francisco and he says his name to himself rather than like way in his face you know and so Mm -hmm. he's still like letting people go about their day like oh i like Mm -hmm. your sweater it's very purpley but then he just lets her go Mm -hmm. and i like that like he's just being sweet and fun and his interaction with deborah again where she's like i didn't recognize you he's like i'm wearing work clothes (laughs) it's very sweet yeah Yeah. this is like a nice sort of socialization of him you know he's he's he still maintains his his charisma and wonder and and excitement for being in the big world um and he he's still able to be complimentary and pleasant and and kind but yeah he's stepping up he's stepping into the real world and uh deborah very sweet brings him a cup of coffee and like you just know how that's gonna go and he's there drinking anyway but like walter was kind and observant and was like oh buddy you don't have to drink that like yeah i think (laughs) again it's one of those moments of of childishness where you know a kid in a situation where they're uncomfortable and like see somebody doing something might think that they have to be doing it too because they're afraid to speak out or whatever and they're just like waiting and mm-hmm. it just the whole thing was just it's one of my favorite scenes it's just so sweet and nice but buddy is having like again the whole childishness goes throughout the whole scene where he's just having a really hard time mm-hmm. sitting still being quiet not distracting walter and walter has this Grand idea. It's like, have you ever heard of a mailroom? There's shiny bins and letters pour in from all over the world. And he talks it up to be this like gorgeous, glamorous North Pole-esque place. Yeah. On and paper. Then, sounds great. Yeah. Sounds really thoughtful. Yeah. It is most certainly not the mailroom uh described as described. And um who is this hoser giving him a tour of the mailroom? This guy is so Canadian. And like, <laughs> I don't know who he is. I meant to look him up, but I don't know who he is. I don't know. He's real Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> and so Buddy's down there and it's noisy and they've got these crazy tubes, which to me, like for me, my wonder, I'm like, what? That's crazy. You put the mail in the tube and it goes up to the floor, like in the Empire, like engineering so cool well yeah and like the guy that he meets says that he's there because of work release which means that like he's an inmate he's a former inmate so (laughs) you know you've got you've got some you've got some characters working down in the mail room his friend starts putting like booze in his coffee cup and he's like oh syrup and coffee why didn't i think of that and then like empties the little bottle it's not even a mickey it's smaller than a mickey so like just whatever the little flask and then they're like drunk in the bins with the mail like you're my best friend you're my best friend like you can do anything i love you like (laughs) booze the great equalizer you know the guy's like i have great ideas man nobody listens to me like i'm 26 years old (laughs) (laughs) gosh new york's rough on people And so while this is happening, the writers that work for Walter are upstairs and they pitch in this idea to bring in Miles Finch, the Miles Finch, who is apparently this like children's literature baddie who is like the ultimate guy to bring in. And they get him on a conference call 
And his list of demands are like, you must bring this type of car to the airport. It must be 71 degrees. And he's like, I'll come in for five hours. And you have all of these things. He has like a rider that he needs met. And obviously he's a really big deal. Enough to feel that entitled, I suppose. Yeah. These two writers who are meeting Walter in his office, you know, when you see actors who look like they're supposed to be other actors, like, I don't know who these two guys are, but these two guys look like they're supposed to be Meatloaf and Al from Home Improvement. There's like just uncanny enough. <laughs> I, I get the Meatloaf, not the, not the Al bit. I don't really. No. Oh yeah. Okay. Older Al. Because he has like the white in his beard, right? Yeah. I can see that. And I love that Walter's like, you, my top two writers are coming in and telling me to bring in another writer. And they're like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, I like it. Like, I love that he actually <laughs> went on board with it. They're having like a huge dance party in the mailroom. <laughs> Buddy's dancing on the table in the middle to, oop, there it is. Is that what it's called? Oop, there I it is. I think so. The way this is shot made me think of Eight Mile. I don't know. Yes. I don't know if it had even been released at this point, but like it looks like someone's about to have like a, a gangster rap battle up on. <laughs> there's like smoke, there's all these blue tones and things, there's this crowd like waving their arms in the air and like raise the roof, whatever. <laughs> it was at this point, I'd forgotten it was a Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. it was just, we're just like so into the story now, and I was just like, Wait a second, it's Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> After the mailroom, it's I guess it's time for the date. This is Thursday. It's Thursday night, date time. And so Buddy shows up at Jovi's house and she seems very surprised that he has a plan because she's like, what are we going to do? He's like, oh, I got it. And she's like, oh, okay. He tells her that she looks miraculous. Now that's a compliment. First, he brings her to the world's best cup of coffee. Of course. Blindfolded. It's a surprise. Blindfolded. This tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. And then like, ta-da! It is a crappy cup of coffee. Like, <laughs> Them together, I love their sort of, their sharing of enthusiasm and like, and they discover things together and like sharing their discoveries together. And they're just so pleasant. And I'm so glad they went that route instead of trying to make them and trying to instead of making her like cynical and like, you know, just cold about it. I'm really, really glad that they decided to sort of have her sort of pleasantly go along with it. Yeah, she totally goes with the flow. She's open to it. She doesn't know what to expect, but mm. she's keeping an open mind. Dude, look at his jacket. This is a swanky ass double breasted, like embossed pattern print jacket oh my god where did he find that he looks amazing right? so they go on this sweet date and he's showing her all these different christmas trees and he's like look how big this one is and then she looks at him like oh you sweet angel you don't even know about rockefeller center they go skating and he kisses her on the cheek you missed oh my god this flirtation is oh it's so beautiful it's so sweet yeah, yeah and she like matches his level of like innocence Mm -hmm. like she doesn't make him feel stupid or whatever she's like no you missed like and that just it's, is pure and it's and playful nice. yeah. yeah and so they have a little kiss and it was a very wonderful beautiful date which leads to the next morning which is uh christmas eve i guess miles finch arrives for this meeting and it is like the whole vibe of the movie changes because you've got mm -hmm. this like big important person coming actually it's not big <laughs> you've got this important person coming in elevator doors open and it's 
Peter Dinklage. Oh my gosh, he and, looks terrifying. The way, yeah. like the the hair color His they used teed. on him, the facial hair, the everything. He is very intimidating, man. You almost forget that they're there to like write children's books, right? Like, who are all of these serious, angry men writing books for kids? They're there. They have a deadline. They have a like a board meeting. So the two writers, they pitch their ideas first and they talk about, okay, so there's this tomato on the farm. And he's like, no, no tomatoes. They're too vulnerable. Kids are already vulnerable. And no farm, small town rural is just going to be white noise. Like it is so <laughs> serious about these kids' books. It made me laugh so much. And then Buddy walks in. So on the cover above the title, does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, go back to the base. Hey, Jackweed, I get more action in a week than you've had your entire life. I've got houses <laughs> in LA, Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. <laughs> this is the great oh. comedy that comes from taking things literally. <laughs> yup. It's yes. so good. Oh, but he has no him. concept for the like threat and what's yeah. so it's because it's not sarcasm, but it's like it's mockery. The, it the subtext of like what he's yeah. actually saying. Like you have to kind of read between the lines and know how to read between the lines. Mm -hmm. And even when he's like prattling off about all of his assets and accomplishments, like, you know, I've got my houses and my TVs, but he's just like, great. Like, okay, yeah. that's awesome. Good for you. Like, cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know why you're telling me this, but good job, Elf. But he doesn't speak in sarcasm. He, he no. that just doesn't, it just doesn't register for him. Like not in a, not in a mocking type way and not in any other kind of way. We have Miles Finch like throwing Buddy around. He's like super strong and like whipping him across the room. And just one then, of these tank men. <laughs> right? Like he does like a full like flip and then Buddy rolls over the conference table, like into the wall and like knocks all the paintings. And, <laughs> and then storms out. Miles is like, I'm out of here. I'm done. Goodbye. And then this was kind of like Walter's last final hope to get his new book ready for the meeting this afternoon. So Walter loses it. I don't care if you're an elf. I don't care if you're my son. Go away. Get out of my life. Walter has to end up like he stays late and, you know, calls Emily and he's like, okay, well, you know, I, I won't be home. Michael ends up finding this like note on an Etch-A-Sketch being like, sorry, I ruined your lives. I'm going away. Like, see you later. So Buddy is off walking the streets of New York City. I guess he's trying to do the like reverse of the way he came, trying to maybe get mm -hmm. back to the North Pole. Buddy's feeling like he's never, he's never going to fit in anywhere because he doesn't fit in at the North Pole. He doesn't fit in here. And then Michael finds this note, rushes to the meeting. And he's like, dad, buddy's run away. Like, you don't care about anybody other than yourself. And I'm scared and buddy's gone and I'm worried. And they they threaten his job and they say, if you leave, like, you're done here. He gets filled with the Christmas spirit of, like, miracles happening and you make sacrifices. Whereas I feel like yeah. this only works in, uh, in movies of that time. Because uh, it's 2023 now. And if you have a job at a publishing company like that, 
doesn't matter if it's Christmas or what the heck is going on. If you're going to put your job in jeopardy, you stick to your job. <laughs> we right? can't mess around these days, okay? At first in the scene, like, you don't really feel like Walter's going to cave because he no. is very hesitant. But then the more Michael pleads, the more that you, like, really hear. And he, like, he just calls him out on all this stuff. He's like, you never care about anything other than yourself. And I think that that really hits home. Because it's one thing to like kind of know in the back of your mind that you're behaving a certain way. It's another thing to have your kid tell you like mm. this is what you've been doing and this is how you've been. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yes. You're Out right. of the mouths of babes. I think that's what they say. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so they run off to find Buddy and Walter says to his boss, up yours, which I appreciated very much. Buddy is skulking around New York City, feeling sad, and sees Santa's sleigh struggling across the sky. Not being shot at like I thought it was, because you just see these like explosions coming off the back of the sleigh. And I was very confused. We are in New York City. It is, it is America, but eh, I was concerned. But no, just have an <laughs> engine trouble. That's all. And crashing down into Central Park. Buddy sees Santa in peril. He has to go help him. And he's like, that's the real Santa. And I know it. Santa is finally someone who's glad to see him. Santa at first is like, back off, Slick. You're going to scare the deer. Like, he's being intimidating because who knows what kind of character is going to come out of the woodwork. And he's like, buddy, I've never been happier to see you. I need an elf's help. But I'm not an elf. There's no one I would rather have working on my sleigh tonight. I need your help. And so Buddy has a newfound purpose he's gonna help yes. santa and he's gonna save christmas so he has to go find the engine which fell off the sleigh like somewhere else in central park and that's where he meets up with michael and walter who are out to look for him at the same time yeah the news reporters are showing up because they saw something fall out of the sky that uh, reportedly it looked like santa's sleigh and so there's like a crowd forming there's some like amateur footage of buddy the elf walking through the forest and you have you have jovi like eating her ramen in her apartment and then there's just this like clip of buddy full like, on bigfoot mode jovi just like drops everything to like go help mm -hmm. listen girl the red flags are abundant <laughs> like, <laughs> he creeped on you in the shower and now you've been on one date with him and he's like on the news in like a weird there's a situation and you're like i have to go what kind of issues like does this girl have i would not go i'd be like well that was a weird time in my life and that would be the end of it change the channel we do not need to see um charlotte the news lady with her first big news story apparently yeah. <laughs> and we have michael with the the naughty and nice list and so santa's like you didn't just ask for a skateboard you asked for a real huff board and then now michael's a believer so michael's job now is to get the christmas spirit up and running he was just like let's just make this happen at least the kids will believe it and so they start like listing off all of these things that these kids want like who are all these children watching the news in their bedrooms why are they watching the news <laughs> I don't know, but that's a very, very good point. So, like, it made me think of, like, when I was young, and they still do that with the, like, Santa tracking. Did you ever listen to those on Christmas Eve on the radio and mm -hmm. stuff? So I, I was thinking maybe it was similar to that, and they're all watching the news because somebody has, like, told them that there's been a Santa sighting in New York and blah, blah, blah. So they start, like, reading off the list, and Charlotte, the news lady, is just like, yeah, okay, this is cute. We have a list, blah, 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 and then we've got this gem of a moment. Uh, I'm Charlotte Denon, New York One. 
So Denon wants a Tiffany engagement ring and for her boyfriend to stop dragging his feet and commit already. <laughs> and bless her, she's been being hit on by interviews, oh my God. interview folks. Oh my gosh. Just try to get her news story out. I think I think the idea is that she's come from a Chicago news station that's a lot bigger. And so this is her first news story on New York One. Was it Chicago? I heard Buffalo. Maybe it's Buffalo. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But she's having a tough night out there. (laughs) I think it would maybe be Buffalo because this would be like a step up for her career, right? Whereas I feel like it would be like a sideways. I feel like the joke is that it's a step down, that she was actually at a much bigger news outlet. I I don't know. I have no idea. It the the, the I made up my own joke. <laughs> okay. So that's well, why she's being like say the, spoken like your down first to. big news story with the you know with the network. That definitely, yeah, I found that, you know. That being that being the talk down of just like, well done. Oh. It's your first big news story and it's creepo man who's just like, you have great eyes. Your eyes tell the story and she's like, can we get back to the topic again? <laughs> like I do not like this. We get a nice and so, semi-pseudo-apology from Walter um, when he reconnects with uh, with Buddy. He almost gets it right. He uh, he says, you know, you're not, uh, you're, you know, he's he's sort of making allowances and he says, you're just uh, chemically imbalanced. I love that and part. So it's a, a nice little apology. And I think that's a really, <laughs> I was really glad to see that in an early 2000s film, you know? Right? Like he's trying to find something a little bit more PC to call him. He wants to be softer. And then back to this Santa guy again. This particular Santa. He's he's great by being real and down to earth as opposed to the like the traditional jolly old man who's just like jolly old magic man, you know, holly jolly Saint Nick and ho ho ho. He's just so gritty i loved his delivery when they realized they're in trouble because oh no the central park rangers who by the way their costumes are awesome they've got like they they look like they've come out of star wars they're riding these like dark monster horses and they've got like capes i guess it is winter time but they've got like capes and like steel bowls on their heads <laughs> It's magnificent. It's straight out of Star Wars. <laughs> Charlotte uh, in the news says something about there was a crowd control incident after the Simon and Garfunkel concert in 85 that is still under investigation. <laughs> like That was like 20 years prior. <laughs> I love that. Because they're coming after Santa and they're like, why are they so mad at you? What happened? It's like I put them on the naughty list and they never forgave me. They're trying to get out of there fast. And Buddy's trying to like fix the engine back on the sleigh and santa's just like nope no time gotta go central park rangers are coming and then they just like go jovi remembers that the best way to spread christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear and so she starts like a little sing-along in the park everyone who's watching on the news and everybody's singing and the clausometer starts going up and the last one that we're waiting for is walter and you see him like mouthing the word Santa Claus is coming to town. Emily is the second person to pipe up and bless her. She's a terrible singer. It's awful. <laughs> but she gives it her She's... go. Yes. yes. I must say, I adore sing-alongs. Like when everybody's singing, like I always get goosebumps. And even if it's Santa Claus is coming to town and it's so cheesy and dorky, I love it. So mm-hmm. 
that part of the movie always just like brings such a big smile to my face. And I'm like, oh, what are we doing? I'm like here with my with my antlers. Like I'm such a dork. We've made it this far, and it's only just occurred to her. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I think oh, I dear. knew at some level. <laughs> I knew. And then mm-hmm. Michael's like, "No, Dad, you have to sing. You have to actually do it." And so when Walter just joins in. That's when there's enough Christmas spirit and they fly over the crowd. They just skim the tops of their heads. If it was a Bugs Bunny cartoon, their hair would be gone. Like they would just. Absolutely. (laughs) They save Christmas. And Mm -hmm. so we wrap up the movie with a bit of an epilogue on what happens to Walter because Walter walked out on his job. Walter opened his own publishing company and wrote a story about an elf who saved Christmas. And then you see buddy having like being and like reading the stories and stuff to to kids and it's very cute and the very last scene is of jovi and buddy meeting papa elf with their little baby and listen we're gonna end on this note i guess because i feel like jovi would have had a lot of explaining to do to make that baby and that's not something i want to think about or be part of or acknowledge or process in any way, shape, or form. And I mentioned this to my husband last night. Ben says that he would be a very passionate and generous lover. (laughs) 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 Which uh, I don't want to think about because he's like a child, but not like, I still don't want to think of it in like a, like that. It feels a bit icky. I'm like, no, thank you. So I'm glad they made it happen. They've got their little daughter, Susie, and they're visiting Papa Elf. And that is the end of our movie. We've come to the end. Jovi in her. I'm glad you pointed out that they are the same costumes from the Rudolph feature. She's dressed up in the pink version and she looks exactly, she's dressed the part in her elf outfit. Yep. And uh, she's clearly welcomed with open arms up at the North Pole. And she calls him Papa, and she's so comfortable. Like, she's not like, what is this weird elf world that I've walked into? She's, like, helping him with his tea or his coffee or whatever. I guess for her, it's an upgrade. (laughs) It's an upgrade from ramen and getting your 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 plumbing turned off. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, we have now been recording for two and a half hours. So I don't believe it. I don't know how we're going to pare this down to something digestible. Even if we do, I don't care. If you listen and enjoy us, I hope you sit through this or do it in chunks or just listen to a bit. And I hope we bring you joy because we have fun doing this. Yes, we sure do. Absolutely, we do. I'm having so much fun uh, witnessing and and uh, opening my eyes to stuff I've never I've heard of but never seen before. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting some fulfillment out of my entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, really enjoying watching these things for the first time. And, uh, and yeah, I hope, I hope you guys are enjoying listening along with us and watching and, uh, we'll be back, uh, in the new year. We're taking a little bit, a little bit of a holiday break, aren't we? As you do. Also give you guys time to catch up if you please. We are still making our way through the first season of Gilmore Girls. So we've got some episodes up of that in the meantime, if you want to check us out over the holidays. Catch us here on YouTube or on Spotify. We're now on Apple Podcasts. We're, we're all over the place, wherever you get your podcasts. And Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy 
winter vacation, if that's what you're doing. And I hope that you just find some time to relax. And if you need to spend time with your family to relax, great. If you need to spend time away from your family to relax, also great. There are no expectations that you absolutely need to do. So you do your version of this holiday season and enjoy. Be good to yourself. Bye-bye. See ya.